The struggle for kingdoms is a very interesting part of history, both of the world and of the Bible. When the people demanded a king and rejected the judges that God wanted for them, they rebelled against God. And God said to the prophet Samuel, They have not rejected you, but they've rejected me, that I would not reign over them. So God gave them a king, and that first king was Saul. And Saul showed himself to be disobedient in part to God. He did some of the things God said, but not all the things. Therefore, God removed his Holy Spirit from Saul and gave his Holy Spirit to his chosen David, the new king. He was actually anointed king even before he fought Goliath. If you look at 1 Samuel 16 and then 1 Samuel 17, you'll see that David was king before he fought Goliath, according to that sequence. Saul continued to be king, though David was really the king now. The people didn't recognize David as king for several years. David was a great warrior, and he went to battle and slew Philistines. When he came back from the battle, the women came out, and they were singing, Saul has killed his thousands, David his ten thousands. Saul was very upset at this saying because it showed that David was greater than Saul, who was still king in the eyes of the people. He wasn't king in the eyes of God. God had already removed him from being king, but he continued as king in the eyes of the people. Saul was very envious of David, and he set about to kill him. He chased David from one place to another, from one cave to another, from one mountain to another, with the desire and intention of killing David. And finally, Saul was killed in battle. Who's going to be king now that Saul is killed in battle? Well, Saul's captain, Abner, appointed one of Saul's sons to be king. But David was really the king now, chosen of God. At the end of his life, by the request of David, Nathan the prophet was sent by God to anoint Solomon as king. Solomon was the chosen of God in the situation. But one of David's sons tried to put himself as king. And the priest who had been with David changed sides. Instead of waiting on David, he was still living, though he was at the end of his life. Instead of waiting on David and the new king, he went with the son of David who announced himself to be king. This is that story of the struggle for the kingdom. And the thing that's the will of God is that which is going to surface. Though man really tries to change that, 
God speaks a word, and that word is sometimes fulfilled decades later. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we see the story of Eli, who was a priest of God, but he wouldn't correct his sons. Therefore, God put a penalty upon Eli, and he said none of his ancestors would ever live to old, be old age. And he removed the priesthood from them. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 27. And there came a man of God unto Eli, who was the priest, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation? And honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Now what these sons were doing was this. People would bring their animals which they sacrificed for their sins at the Old Testament days. And the animals were slain and they sacrificed the meat on the altar. The priest would put a hook, a metal hook, into the meat, and they could pull out, as it was being offered, they could pull out meat for themselves to eat. But they couldn't do this until the meat was properly offered by fire. Eli's two sons liked the fat of the meat. Therefore, they wanted to get the meat before it was totally offered by fire. But it had to be offered by fire for the sacrifice. They despised the offering of the Lord by desiring that raw meat for themselves. And this is what God is talking about. And there's a great penalty put upon the house of Eli because he would not keep those sons under control. Today, ministers often take the offering of God to use it on themselves. And this can be a very great sin, which God will straighten out when Jesus returns to judge the church. So a minister has to be very careful about what he does with that offering that's made by the people. For this, we have an example right here of the sons of Eli who didn't properly deal with the offering. And as a result, they brought death upon themselves and Eli and cost the entire priesthood for generations that would come after them. 
And that's what all this is about. Verse 30 of 1 Samuel 2. God says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, he's speaking to Eli, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honoreth me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Verse 31, Behold, the days come, God says to Eli, that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house, and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. In the days of Solomon, this was fulfilled. 1 Kings 2.26 Solomon said to Abathar the priest, Get thee to Abathoth unto thine own fields, for thou art worthy of death. But I will not at this time put thee to death. So Solomon is telling Abathar, you are no longer a priest in the house of God. You're worthy of death, but I won't kill you, because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father, and because thou hast been afflicted in all wherein my father was afflicted. So instead of killing Abathar, Solomon basically banned him from the kingdom and sent him to Anathroth. But this was a type of killing Abathar because he could no longer be priest. And so it would be as death to Abathar. Probably unknown to Solomon, he was fulfilling this long-time prophecy over the house of Eli, because God had removed them from the priesthood and told Eli, because of their disdain of the offering of God as they had disdained it, he told Eli there would not be an old man live in his house. There would not be a man live to old age in the house of Eli. And Abathar was from that house of Eli. So Solomon thrust out Abathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord which he spake, which God spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh decades earlier. Now Solomon shows that he was doing it because. Abathar followed his brother instead of waiting for him to be announced as king. But really, Solomon was fulfilling the words spoken by God decades earlier over the house of Eli by getting rid of Abathar. I know sometimes we who are anointed by God 
do things that we don't even understand. But later, it's shown us the real reason we did that, which was the right thing to do, but it may have even looked to be the wrong thing at the time we did it. I have certainly had that happen in my life. God fulfills his word in his time. Every word of God is fulfilled. Nothing falls to the ground, although there could be a separation of time which made it look like the word wasn't being fulfilled. In Second Peter 3, at the beginning of the chapter, Peter warns us that in the last days there will be scoffers. And they'll say, well, where is the judgment of God? Everything is always the same. Every year it's the same thing. They don't realize that that judgment is coming and it will be fulfilled, every word that God has spoken. Peter explains this in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So you read in the Bible them saying, Jesus comes soon. He comes soon. We read even that Jesus said, I come soon. And yet 2,000 years has passed. How can this be a correct word of the Lord? It hasn't happened. That second coming of Jesus has not happened in 2,000 years has passed. Well, Peter explains to us that in the sight of God, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So 2,000 years since the crucifixion of Jesus in the sight of God is two days. But it's 2,000 years in our sight. That gives people an opportunity to doubt that that word is going to happen. Peter says in verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Every word spoken by God comes to pass in God's time. So before David died, his son Adonijah declared himself to be king, replacing David. But God had declared Solomon to be king. 1 Kings 1, verse 5. Then Adonijah the son of Haggith exalted himself, saying, Haggith being one of the wives of David, Adonijah exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. And he conferred with Joab, who was the captain of David's army, and with Abathar, who was David's priest. 
and they followed Adonijah, helping him. Instead of waiting with David, who was still living, but was very old and about to die, they left David and went with Adonijah, declaring him by their presence to be king over Israel. They should have waited until the king was made manifest, who was Solomon, not Adonijah. But they went with Adonijah. This greatly upset Zadok the priest, Beniah, and Nathan the prophet, and other mighty men who belonged to David and were not with Adonijah. They didn't leave David. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle and called his brethren, all the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants, because he was going to have a great feast whereby he would rejoice over being the king, and they would declare him king. But he didn't call Nathan the prophet, nor did he call some of the mighty men of David, nor Solomon, the son of David, his half-brother. Adonijah called to the feast those men that he knew would approve him as king. Verse 11, Wherefore Nathan the prophet spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah doth reign? And David our Lord knoweth it not? Adonijah has done this thing of appointing himself king without his father, David, even knowing it. David's very ill at this time. Verse 12, Now therefore come, says Nathan the prophet, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel that they mayest, thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. Go, get thee in unto King David, and say to him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaiden, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me? and he shall sit upon my throne? Why then doth Adonijah reign? See, David hasn't known this until this point in time. Verse 32, And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehida. And they came before the king, and the king also said unto them, Take you the servants of your Lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, anoint him there king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet, and say, God save king Solomon. Verse 36. And Benaiah the son of Jehida answered the king and said, Amen. Let it be so. The Lord God of my Lord the king say so too. As the Lord hath been with my Lord the king David, even so be he 
with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. Verse 39, And Zadok the priest took an horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon. So it is official. Verse 40, And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Verse 49, And all the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid. I mean, here, all of a sudden, there's another person being called king of Israel. And there was Adonijah, who has called himself king of Israel. And they have, by their presence with him, declared him to be king of Israel. And now there's another king of Israel, Solomon. So they're afraid. And they rose up and left Adonijah and went every man his way. Verse 50, And Adonijah feared because of Solomon. And he arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar in the sanctuary in the temple, thinking that he would be safe if he could just stay there. Verse 51, And it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah feareth the king Solomon, for lo, he hath caught hold on the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear unto me today that he will not slay his servant Adonijah with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth, but if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and bowed himself to King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, Go to thine house. So Solomon did not kill him. If we apply these lessons to today, it reminds me of the way that many men try to put themselves into the ministry of God without being called by God. They go to Bible school and say they're a minister. They go to seminaries and the seminaries say they're a minister. And they go out and be ministers without being called by God. Some of them don't even have the Spirit of God and aren't even born again. And they're trying to rule over God's people and teach God's people, often without even having the Spirit of God. That's what's going on in today's churches. In Hebrews 5, we read, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. It's the same principle with ministers. You have to be called by God 
as was Paul on the road to Damascus. Or wherever the minister happens to be, God communicates directly with him. Jesus communicates with him, just as he did with Paul when he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he called Saul at that point, Paul, into the ministry. You can't put yourself in a ministry by your own desire. Years ago, I had an email from a woman in England, and she was telling me that their pastor became a pastor because he didn't want to work at a secular job, and there was so much money when you were a pastor that you had all this money, all these offerings that you could spend on yourself. I believe I remember this story correctly, that he had even tried to convince her to have sex with him. The evil that these men do is incredible. But don't be too concerned, because at the end, when Jesus appears, he will destroy them with the brightness of his coming. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. These are ministers of Satan, not ministers of God, appointing themselves to the ministry. From heaven today, Jesus calls his ministers to work in the New Testament church. They have to have call of God on their lives, and he trains them. Ephesians 4. When he, Jesus, ascended up on high, up into heaven, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11, and he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Second Thessalonians 2 verse 8, those people who put themselves into the ministry Without the call of God, they're touching the ark of God. And like Uzziah was killed for reaching up and touching the ark of God without being called to do this. It's going to be the same thing. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. You cannot put yourself into a ministry of God, of Jesus, unless you are called by God, by Jesus. And then if you're called by Jesus, he teaches you and shows you which one of these ministries you are to work in. Otherwise, you'll destroy yourself to try to go to Bible school and put yourself into a ministry without the call of God. I have written out these scriptures on the front of this podcast so you can return to these and look at these scriptures prayerfully. Consider it. Consider the lessons we have learned. The priests of God were from the tribe of Levites and they were called of God. And no man could put himself into the priesthood without having these things. And even of Jesus, it says, no man calls himself to this honor except him who is called by God. You can go over all these scriptures 
on this subject. But if you have not been called by God and have a definite call of God on your life and are assured of this, you better not touch the ministry of God by putting yourself there, for you'll be destroyed if you do that. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.